Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 145, verses 10 through 18. All your work shall be given, shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his, her words and gracious in all her deeds. The Lord upholds all who are fallen and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all her ways and kind in all her doings. The Lord is near to all who call on her, to all who call on her in truth. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 4 through 20. Now King Mesha of Moab was a sheep breeder who used to deliver the king of, to the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams. But when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Jehoram marched out of Samaria at that time and mustered all Israel. As he went, he sent, the, he sent word to King Jehoshaphat of Judah, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to battle against Moab? He answered, I will. I am with you. My people are your people. My horses are your horses. Then he asked, By which way shall we march? Jehoram answered, By the way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom set out. And when they had made a roundabout march of seven days, there was no water for the army or for the animals that were with them. Then the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord has summoned us three kings, only to be handed over to Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here, through whom we may inquire of the Lord? Then one of the servants of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah, is here. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Elisha said to the king of Israel, What have I to do with you? Go to your father's prophets or to your mother's. But the king of Israel said to him, No, it is the Lord who has summoned us, three kings, only to be handed over to Moab. Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives, whom I serve, were it not that I have regard for king Jehoshaphat of Judah, I would give you neither a look nor a glance. But get me a musician. And then, while the musician was playing, the power of the Lord came on him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, I will make this wadi full of pools. For thus says the Lord, You shall see neither wind nor rain, but the wadi shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink, you, your cattle, and your animals. This is only a trifle in the sight of the Lord, for he will also hand Moab over to you. You shall conquer every fortified city and every choice city, Every good tree you shall fell, all springs of water you shall stop up, and every good piece of land you shall ruin with stones. The next day, about the time of the morning offering, suddenly water began to flow from the direction of Edom, 
until the country was filled with water. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rest in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Good morning and welcome to the 8th Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 145, 2 Kings 3, and Colossians 3. And the um, the war with Moab in 2 Kings is a really interesting piece, but um, I I got like, I, I, I my attention was drawn to this one line in Colossians. Uh, when Paul says, uh, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Um, and I, it caught my eye because I've been going over recently uh, the armor of God. Most, um, most people have heard of the armor of God through Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 6. Um, and it has you know, the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness, a helmet of salvation, um, you know, there are these, you know, maybe you can interpret it to include the shoes that prepare you to proclaim the gospel of peace. Um, but it's actually part of a tradition. And Ephesians isn't, um, is not, an un, it's, a, it's a disputed letter of Paul. So we're not sure if, if it really was him who wrote it or somebody else writing as Paul, which was common in the ancient world. Um, uh, he also says it in First Thessalonians. Uh, chapter 5, verse 8, but it's only the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. Actually, it's breastplate of faith and love or something like that in First Thessalonians. But before that, um, there was also this um, same uh, tradition or motif in uh, one apocryphal book, the, the Wisdom of Solomon, and uh, the earliest is in Isaiah shoot, 15, 19, now I can't remember, 59, 59, Isaiah 59, 17, and each of them varies just a little bit, but the earliest one, Isaiah, talks about wrath and vengeance, and so the the armor of God, um, Isaiah has, I think, a sword of wrath, um, a mantle of fury, a mantle is like a cape, um, and then I think the breastplate of righteousness is essentially, it appears through all, all four of them. Um, wisdom is a little bit longer. Uh, it's several verses in chapter 5 of wisdom, which you can sometimes find in Bibles that include the Apocrypha. You can also find it on like Bible Gateway, which is what I use. Um, and wisdom, like, um, it tones it down a little bit. There are the garments of vengeance that are dipped in blood. Um, I can't remember the rest. And then, so 
in the Old Testament, there's a lot more emphasis or openness to God's wrath, anger, right? Um, but when we get to Thessalonians, which a lot of people, a lot of scholars believe is the earliest uh, text written that made it into the New Testament, um, he just has this one line, you know, it's breastplate righteousness, helmet of salvation, that's it. No, no sword, no wrath or vengeance, no nothing. And so Paul kind of soft pedals the metaphor in Thessalonians. And then whoever writes Ephesians, there's a lot more detail, but it's been stripped of, you know, kind of the hard edge that Isaiah and wisdom give it. Um, and I mentioned all that. I think the armor of God is just fascinating. You can read more about, I think I have an article up on um, Substack, Pew Pew Post, um, which I think is pewpew.substack.com. Um, and I, ha- I got caught up in this one line in Colossians um, because here again it's talking about um, it's not armor so much as it is clothing, attire, right? Um, and Paul elsewhere says, says, clothe yourself in Christ. And so this is one of the metaphors that Paul returns to over and over again is putting things on you. Um, and uh, again, Paul doesn't use a sword. He doesn't have a mantle of fury. He doesn't talk about vengeance. It's it's all kind of soft-pedaled. Um, but... Um, at least with with Paul, um, I think wisdom has garments of vengeance. Everything else is essentially battle armor, um, and he uses the the breastplate and the helmet in Thessalonians, and then breastplate, helmet, sword, belt, shoes, and a bunch of other stuff in Ephesians. But here, you know, if he has some like divine warrior, divine presence in his mind that has all these clothes. Underneath that armor is the clothing of love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Um, now, I don't know for sure that Augustine sees this when he starts talking about, like, you know, uh, war can be just if it's done in love. You know, the love, metaphorically, in Paul being underneath uh, all these other garments of defensiveness plus, you know, the, the sword of the Spirit in Ephesians. Um, you know, kind of motivating, love motivates being underneath um, these things that we do that Augustine says are justified. Um, and uh, I think it's it's just fascinating to kind of trace these these threads. Um, you know, it could be Paul, it could be anybody. But to find how Scripture is self-referential, right? And so within the armor of God, it's kind of this thing that you can see back and forth. And then when you zoom in on Paul, um, you get a little, you know, kind of, uh, an extra nugget, you know. There's one of um, one of my teachers, not in not formal uh, training teachers at universities, but um, Will O'Brien of the Alternative Seminary, this kind of street seminary. He used to describe the Bible as hypertexting to each to itself, or hyperlinks, right? So when it says something, words are being chosen carefully, not just by the composers, but by editors that pass these texts along. Um, and so the, these themes wouldn't have been unknown to them. You know, before, uh, you know, most of the world was literate, or I'll say most of the country was literate, or, you know, if you're in a culture where uh, the literacy rate is low, uh, those who are literate memorize things, and they copy things over and over again, is what the scribes did. 
Um, and so words were really important, the precise words, uh, remembering them and writing them down and passing them along. Um, and so something like um, thaumatsu, which is this Greek word that means marvel or amazement, um, Jesus marvels at the centurion of great faith when he says he's unworthy to have, you know, Jesus, some itinerant street preacher who's just been rejected by his own hometown after they marveled at Jesus, um, a, a scribe or, or someone uh, who could read in the old, in the ancient world, that thaumatso word, that's important, um, that there's something going on there that the author is deliberately pointing out where once they marveled at Jesus, now Jesus marvels at a soldier. Um, and so this clothing piece wouldn't have escaped Paul and his listeners. This clothing piece, they're all, they, you know, we all do it. We, we imagine things in our head and, you know, God doesn't have an image. Um, you know, it's not depicted in art for the most part um, because the, uh, the prohibition on graven images um, but they, you know, we all have an image of what God is in our minds, um, just like Paul's listeners do and, and readers. And so they'll remember, um, or, you know, they're introduced, I suppose, chronologically. They're introduced to, you know, what this person, this this God the Father, what he wears, what he looks like. And he never describes his, you know, his personage, um, but his clothing, you know, this um Clothe, clothe yourselves with love. And then later, um, Paul says to the Ephesians, this is what God wears. This is God's armor. Above the clothing of, uh, of love that binds everything together in perfect harmony is a breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the slippers of peace, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. Um, and so th- this is building a picture of God. Um, and God is... Uh, as Exodus 15.3 talks about, God is a warrior. Um, God is the only one who is a warrior who makes war um, for God's own reasons. Um, and this is what Paul envisions uh, God to wear when he goes to war. Um, and Paul, uh, you know, after having seen Christ, God the Son, um, forfeit all power and be sacrificed and killed by the authorities, it doesn't make as much sense to emphasize this wrathful vengeance because Christ could have rebelled and called down uh, 12 legions of angels, um, but he doesn't. And so for Paul and for his world, it doesn't make sense to lean as heavily on the Isaiah and wisdom uh, imagery of you know this much more retribution retributive God, even though, you know, it is happening, it doesn't happen with, um, you know, the the weapons that only serve to fight against flesh and blood. Um, So Paul is kind of revising his imagery um, and building upon this metaphor that he's already begun in Colossians. Um, And so when we have the eyes to see these things, you know, we make uh, these connections that the authors and and subsequent editors and communities and everything are making, um, we see that soldiers are an integral piece of what it means to be a Christian, but it means that we have to reinvent what we think we mean. Soldiers are not synonymous with warriors because that's not their primary function. 
Um, their primary function is to provide order and to maintain the justice that God instilled uh, at the beginning of time. A prayer for peace from the Book of Common Prayer. Eternal God, in whose perfect kingdom no sword is drawn but the sword of righteousness, no strength known but the strength of love, so mightily spread abroad your spirit that all peoples may be gathered under the banner of the Prince of Peace, as children of one Father, to whom be dominion and glory, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.